Anyone remember what we were sharing? Acts chapter 26, verse 19. O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. My Father, we are grateful to you. We thank you for this day that you have given us. Lord, as we look into your word, speak into our lives. Release your grace and anointing that will make the proclamation of your word effective and fruitful. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. And we claim victory. Every critical spirits be stilled. In Jesus' name, all for your glory. Amen and amen. Praise God. Please be seated. So last week, we started with saying what Paul says, standing before King Agrippa. O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. We are talking about the importance of vision in our lives. The writer of Proverbs says, without vision, people perish. So vision is important as individuals, as family, as church, as a nation. Vision is important. And last week, we said how God imparts vision into our lives. How does God impart vision? We say it. Through the scriptures, we understand that there are some, few I would say, who have dramatic experiences, like Apostle Paul at the gate of Damascus. For others, the vision is imparted as they pour themselves into God's word. Or God might use the giftings of the spirit to convey the vision for our individual lives. Praise God. Or just like Nehemiah, the man had a burden first, then he spent time in prayer, then he started weeping and crying, and he says, God put upon his heart. Praise God. Regardless of which mode and method, God decides to impart his vision into our lives, at the end of our lives and the beginning of our lives, you and I have to say what Paul said, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. Praise the Lord. As we look into the life of Paul and the vision that the Lord has given, us, given him, and as it is part of the scripture, there is so much that we can glean out of his life and out of the vision that the Lord gave him. Praise God. Paul writes, Follow me as I follow Christ. Praise God. And what is this about Christ? What is this about Paul that you and I can adapt in our lives? Praise God. So many things, everything from the life of Christ, so many from the life of Paul. But in the context we are saying, their obedience to the Lord. Praise God. Jesus said, I have come. To do the will of my Father. My meat and my drink, praise God, is to do the will of my Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he wanted to glorify the Father. And he found, praise God, the mission that God had put upon the Son. 
praise God, to carry that mission uh, without any hitch, without any hindrance, Jesus was completely obedient to the Father. Praise God. That's why heaven could look at Jesus and said, Behold, praise God, what? My son in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. The obedience of the son. And Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Praise God. Again, showing the obedience of Praise God. So as we look into scripture, you and I should come to the conclusion that God wants us to be people who are obedient to the Lord. So shall we move on? Last week we talked about, we looked at that verse and we realized what is the vision that the Lord gave. And what is it that you and I can glean from the life of Paul? Number one, we said that God called him to be a minister and then a witness. Minister, we said that in Greek, the word is hoop a rate ace, meaning under rower, an under rower. And we said, what is an under rower? So far, often we get carried away by the term minister, and minister has so many connotations to it. But as an under rower, God expects all of us to be available for him regardless of where God places us, regardless of where we find our niche, we, you and I, God expects us to be available as under-rowers. And one of the things that we said about under-rowers are, under-rowers are unnoticed, they are, they are unapplauded. Nobody applauds them, they are not noticed most of the time, they are just ignored. Praise God. Then we said about being a witness. Witnesses sharing our personal experience with the Lord. This is something that God expects from all of us. All right? So that's something that God expects from all of us. Shall we move on? And we see that God is telling, the Lord is telling Paul that I have an assignment for you. The number one assignment that I have for you is, I want you to go and you should be in this business of opening eyes. So as we touched there, we talked about the paradox in Christianity. The Lord says, I will deliver you from their hands and I will send you to deliver them with the message that can deliver them. So you see the same concept coming here. Well, the, the Lord is saying, I'm going to send you to open eyes. Interesting, isn't it? See, the vision, the term vision, the vision that the Lord gives us, within that vision, God expects us to import that vision into lives around us so that they will have a vision, so that they will catch the vision. Praise God. The Lord says, listen, I am giving you a, I have, I have showed myself to you in a vision and I have given you a vision and a mission for your life. And within that vision, 
you have to go and you through your ministry that I am giving you, you should open eyes. Praise the Lord. So the vision that the Lord gives us as we are involved in this work, regardless of where God places us, God wants us to be people who opens eyes. Interesting. Before we start in the business of opening eyes, God has to open our eyes. And if God has to open our, our eyes, God also helps us to understand what it is to be blind. Praise God. You can only appreciate the value of vision when you realize the malady that's involved in being Blind. So what does God do? Praise God. The one who lives in unapproachable light cast such a light in mid-noonday. Paul says, the light that struck me down was brighter than the midday sunlight. And so what happened? Number one, the Bible says a man could not see for the next three days. Number two, God imported a vision into him. Number three, God says, I want you to go out and I want you to open the eyes of men and women who are blind. But before I do, I want you to understand what blindness is is all about. Praise God. Why open eyes? Praise God. Well, God wants us to experience that opening in our lives. And it happens when Christ comes triumphantly into our lives. Paul writing to the Corinthians says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbeliever so that they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Every one of us, praise God, were in a place that our inner eyes were blind and we could not see, we could not grasp, we could not comprehend, we could not understand what Jesus is all about, what grace is all about, what gospel is all about, but Christ came and opened our inner eyes so that we can see, praise God, what the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ can do in our lives. So we need to understand that eyes need to be opened because sin does something. Praise God. What does sin do? Number one, sin would bind us. When we study the scripture, we understand sin has different angles or nature to it. And one of the things that sin does is sin binds people. Praise God. Sin binds people. How does sin bind people? Well, in different arenas. Sin can bind us spiritually. Sin can bind us, bind our minds. Sin can bind us emotionally. Praise God. Sin can just bind, eventually will bind us physically. We have a good picture in the scripture which shows us this as it is recorded in Judges chapter 16. We see one of the judges there was Samson and Samson was dabbling in sin. Even though Samson was an anointed man of God with a vision and with the mandate for his life, Samson was a man who dabbled in sin. And because of his 
constant dabbling in sin, we see that he found comfort and consolation in the lap of Delilah. And you see that he's sleeping in the lap of Delilah. And Judges 16 reveals how Delilah constantly bugged him, bothered him to the point of revealing the secret of the strength that he had. And the Bible says she kept on nagging, kept on nagging, kept on nagging till he revealed the secret to her. This is what sin does. Sin will not give up on us. Sin will continuously knock at our door. Knock at our door. Will try to access our eye gate. Will try to access our ear gate. Will try to access this gate. Sin is trying constantly. You and I have to come to the grips and understanding that we have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin. But we are not saved yet from the presence of sin. Because we are not saved yet from the presence of sin, sin will continuously try to gain access into our lives. And it would be different arenas that sin will attempt. It will be the attempt, arena of worship. It might be the arena of family life. It might be the arena of intimacy. Regardless of where it is, we see for Samson, it was the gate, the love life gate that Satan made an inroad to get into Samson. The man who could not be subdued by any other power was subdued by passion that was within him. He could subdue the foxes. He could subdue the Philistines. But he could not subdue the passion that was growing within him. And therefore we see Delilah was able to get the secret out of him. Once the secret was out, the Bible says, number one, praise God, she snipped his hair off, the power source. Number two, she started to strip him off. Number three, praise God, the, his, his power was drained. Finally, we see that he become, became a toy in the hands of of his enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. How careful the children of God ought to be. When we toy around with sin, listen to me, when we toy around with sin, praise God, sin on the other hand will make us a toy in the hands of Satan. Praise God. He who, there is an old English proverb that goes like this. He who tries to ride on the back of the tiger will end up inside the tiger. If you try to ride on the back of the tiger thinking that you have the power to subdue it, praise God, eventually they will find that they will end up in the belly of the tiger. You know, the writer of Proverbs, which is an inspired writing, has a different way of putting it. And I want to present that before we move forward. The writer of Proverbs is asking, can you take coal, live coal, into your lap 
and not be burned. Impossible. Praise God. So toying around sin is very dangerous. And sin, what it does is, tries to gain access to our lives through our eye gate, through our ear gate, through the various gates that we have in our lives. Once it gains access, what it does is it establishes a stronghold in our lives. And the stronghold becomes so strong that it becomes hard to demolish it by our own strength. Praise God. So sin can, number one, it can bind us. Praise God. We could, the power of binding of sin is so intense that I can be in the house of God, yet because I am bound, I might not be able to concentrate what God is trying to tell me. Praise God. I might be sitting in the service, but my mind might be going elsewhere. God is trying to reach out to me through his word so that I can be set free. Praise God. But the sin has bound me because I gave access to sin in my life yesterday, day before yesterday, and the week before. And slowly sin crept into me and now I cannot concentrate. There is so much distractions. There is so much distractions. People struggle with distraction. They sit under the preaching of God's word but cannot concentrate because the enemy has captured the mind realm. That's why Paul says, bringing every thought, praise God, to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Bring it, topple every stronghold that the enemy has in the mind realm and bring it to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Yes, sin can bind us. Number two, sin can blind us. Praise God. Blind us where? We start by receiving an inner, inner healing. But that doesn't stop us. That doesn't stop sin from gaining access. So when sin does, it blinds us. It blinds us to the things of God. Praise God. It blinds us to the need for the need of Jesus in our lives. We think, oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need this Jesus stuff. I don't need the spiritual stuff. You know, I am fine. I'm successful. I'm doing good in life. Who needs Jesus? So what does sin does? Sin blinds us from the need of having Jesus in our lives. That's very dangerous when we come to such a stage in our life that we are not able to understand. Praise God. Sin would blind us for the need of G for Jesus. Number two, sin would blind us, praise God, about the nature of Jesus. You know, many people think that Jesus is not loving. Many think that Jesus is very judgmental. Many think that Jesus is, a, is, 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 is an entity out in the universe who wants to kill our joy. But Jesus said, 
I have come, praise God, so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us life abundantly. Jesus wants us to celebrate life, his kind of life. He wants our joy to be complete. He doesn't want our joy to be depleted. He wants us to, our joy to be complete. Praise God. That's why the scripture says, rejoice evermore. Praise God. Jesus is not a killjoy, but Jesus wants us to experience joy in our lives. Experience life in abundance in our lives. And what does sin do? Sin blinds us from the nature, the loving nature of who Jesus is. This morning I want to tell you, if you feel distant, if you feel remote, if you feel abandoned, if you feel ostracized, if you feel let down, I want to tell you that Jesus that you and me serve is the one who wants to embrace us with arms of love. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, sin would blind us to the need for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. When sin takes us for a ride, it would seem as if it's a merry-go-round. How many of you guys have been on a merry-go-round? Nobody been on a merry-go-round? Yeah, we all have been on a merry-go-round. When you go on a merry-go-round, they call it the merry-go-round. Why do they call it the merry-go-round? Kesia, why do they call it the merry-go-round? I know it's round, but by the way, what do they call it? The merry-go-round. Yes, Iris? Yeah, it's round and round, but why would they call it the merry-go-round? It's merry. Guys, come on. It's merry. Going round and round and round, it's merry. But can you imagine the guy turned on the switch, and you are on the merry-go-round, and you're like, yeah, it's good. But the guy can't turn it off. Imagine that. You go round and round and round, and pretty soon what's going to happen? If you're not strapped in, you're going to fall out. Praise God. Because that's what sin does. Sin will make us feel as if, hey, it's fun. Let's go on this merry-go-round. But what people don't realize is the sin that takes us for a ride, saying it's a merry-go-round. It's not a merry-go-round, but it's a vicious cycle. It's an unending cycle which can only be broken by the power of God. Praise God. Many a people who jumped on the merry-go-round that sin offered would, did not realize that this is a vicious cycle that keeps on going round and round and round. And you can't see anything. You're going blind because it's this ride that sin has taken you on. Praise God. Yes, may God grant us the grace to overcome every such power of the evil one. Sin would do us what? Sin would blind us to the need of Jesus and the nature of Jesus. Sin would do something else. Sin would make life a grind. Tell your neighbor, I don't want life to be a grind. I don't want life to be a grind. What's that? You know, look at the picture of Samson. What happened? They took him in. The first thing that they did was what? They 
they took his eyes out. Praise God. This is what sin does. This is what sin does. Fasting, take your eyes off so that you are not able to see your pathetic situation. That's why when you try to tell people, hey man, don't do this, it's wrong, it's going to destroy you. They can't understand because sin has first taken their eyes out. Samson was going around and around. The Bible says grinding in prison. This is what sin does. Sin makes life a grind. Praise God. You know what that is? I'm going to work every morning. I get up early in the morning. I go to work. I work hard. Unappreciated. I do my chores. I do my chores. I do everything. But life has become a grind. Meaning what? I find no joy in anything. The joy is stolen. Praise God. And the Bible says there is something called the joy of salvation. The Bible says there is something called the joy of the Lord is my strength. But joy has been draining from my life. Because life has become a grind. I find no joy in my work. I find no contentment in my work. I find no contentment in my home. I find no contentment in my marital life. Why do you think that people go for extra marital affairs? They do because joy has been draining. Looking for joy elsewhere. And life has become a grind. This is what sin does. But Jesus says, I have come so that you can praise God. Rejoice in my presence. Praise God. Hallelujah. Experience the presence of God. And allow Jesus to set you free. Praise God. Yes. So what does Sin do, sin will put us in a grind where we cannot appreciate or enjoy life. And then the Lord tells him, Paul, that you need to open, I'll send you so that you would open their lives, open their eyes, and their assignment number two is you have to turn them around. You have to turn them around. Can I come? Can, can, can you come up? You don't mind, right? Even if you do, I mean, I just called you. Thank you. Turn. This, this is Daniel, you know? you know? And Daniel is going in this direction. And if I have to, I have to turn him around. Suppose Daniel is going in the right direction. Hypothetically speaking, suppose Daniel is going in the wrong direction. And my assignment is turn Daniel around. Praise God. You know, I might be able to physically exert my strength on him and turn him around. But if I am not able to turn his mind around, even if I turn him physically around, the man will turn back because even though he is facing west, the, even though he's facing east, since his mind was facing west, he will eventually 
turn back. See, what God needs to do is gain access into our spirit realm. Gain access into our mind realm. Praise God. And Paul, through the preaching of God's word, number one, he says, I, the inner eyes have to be open. When the inner eyes are open, praise God, the mind realm is touched. And Paul, I want you to turn them around. Praise God. By the ministry of God's word. Praise God. And sometimes it takes effort to turn around. If I have to turn Daniel, Daniel is very cooperative now because he's standing before all of you. But if I were to get him by himself and I try to turn him around, he might not turn all that easily. Praise God. Unless and until the Holy Spirit works within us heart. Praise God. Thank you, Daniel. You're good. You're on the right direction. God bless you. Praise God. So, God is saying, Paul, Paul, I want you to turn their lives around. And when you do turn their lives around, this is what is going to happen. You're going to shift them from darkness to light. Praise God. In other words, I am in darkness. This is what Jesus does. He translates us. He transfers us. He transports us from darkness to light. Praise God. Isn't that beautiful? So Paul is given this assignment of turn. Listen to me, folks. We whose eyes, inner eyes have been opened, we who have been turned from darkness to light, we have a mandate upon us that we would do what? Become carriers of this gospel. Praise God. Help people, their inner eyes to be opened and turn them around from darkness into marvelous light. What does that mean? Ephesians talks about the deeds of darkness. Praise God. The work of darkness and the work of light. Praise God. How do we know whether we are in darkness or in light? Well, it's very simple. Praise God. Check our deeds. If our deeds are the deeds of flesh, if our deeds are the deeds of darkness, praise God, we are still in darkness. Praise God. When God turns us around, it is a real turn around. Praise God. Yes, and it follows by the, the work of light within us. We will start walking in light as he is in the light. Praise God. Turn their lives from power of Satan to power of God. Meaning, you are under or we were under the dominion of darkness. That means under the clutches of the strong man. Praise God. The psalmist says, praise God. He has delivered me from the hands of the strong man. Praise God. So out of the dominion, out of the clutches of the, of the strong man, God pay, makes us and puts us into the power of God. Praise God. Now it's not the power of Satan that influences me, that drives me, that directs me, that guides me, but it is the power of God that drives me. That motivates me. That propels me to walk in the counsel of God. So when that happens, when a real turnaround happens, you turn from death to life, from fear to faith. But many of us are stuck 
in between. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you stuck in between? <laughs> you know, we can't be neutral. Either we are in the kingdom of God or we are in the kingdom of Satan. We cannot be here and there. Tell your neighbor, you can't be here and there. Make up a mind. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. You can't be here and there. What is that? You are not here and there means quite often people try to, like Samson, dabble. Dabble. Praise God. That's why Jesus had to say this. This is what Jesus said. He who is not for me is against me. In other words, make up your mind. You want to be on his side or you want to be on the other side. What's the other side? The other side is Satan's side. You know, this is what, what the verdict was against the church of Laodicea. You know, the Lord told the, La the church in Laodicea, what did the Lord say? You are neither hot nor cold. I, I, I pray, I wish that either you were hot or cold, but you are lukewarm. And because you are lukewarm, what is it that I am going to do? The Lord says, the Lord says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, the Lord says, I don't want nothing to do with you. Make up your mind whether you want to be hot or you want to be cold. Praise God. Don't be in between. Praise God. Either you be hot for Jesus. Hot for Jesus, meaning what? Full of life, full of drive, being joyful and ready and obedient to do the will of the Father. Praise God. Yes, how is it possible for our eyes to be turned, eyes to be opened, and our lives be turned? Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. It's not possible by our own effort. No one can come and do nothing for us. But it is possible. How is it possible? It is possible, number one, by the power of the Spirit. Praise God. What is not possible to us, what is not possible to others, it is possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you look in the Bible, you see whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. When the Spirit of God came upon people, they were transformed. They become different kind of people. Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament, the Bible says, when the Spirit came upon him, he was like a man who was totally changed. Peter was a coward, but when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he became full of courage. Praise God. Paul was a persecutor, but when the Holy Spirit came and the Spirit of God opened his inner eyes, he became the propagator of the gospel. Praise God. The disciples who had no effect on anybody, no impact on any lives, no influence on any lives, the Bible says they became people who turned the world upside down. Praise God. Wow. Are you excited about your mission? Praise God. God wants you to be a person who can turn the world upside down. But before God can turn the world around you upside down, he might have to turn your world upside down. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't have time to explain that. Praise God. That means if God has to turn our world upside down, what does that mean? What does that mean? I want you to think for a second. What does that mean, guys? If God has to turn our world upside down. Before God, you saw to turn, Paul to turn the world upside down. God turned this world upside down. Meaning what? Huh? Yes? Anybody got it? Praise God. God had to put him right. Praise God. Turning the world upside down means getting the world to see. Not the world value, but God values. Praise God. Allowing the world to appreciate godly values. For that, God has to do a work within us. Praise God. And that value system is found in the word of God. Praise God. God has to change our value system. Praise God. If our value system is an adaption of the war of the world, God wants to turn our world upside down so that we can have a value system that is attested, that is approved of God and His Word. Praise God. I can turn the world upside down. Before God does a work in me. Praise God. It's only possible when I allow him to turn the world upside down. Praise God. Yes, it is possible by the power of the spirit. It is possible by the prayer of the saints. Hey, don't give up. You know, if your children are going haywire, if your children are going in the wrong path, please don't give up. Hallelujah. If you know your loved ones are going in the wrong direction, don't give up your prayer as a power to change their lives. Praise God. Don't give up. Praise God. Prayer is powerful. Saint against Augustine was an immoral person. His mother Monica prayed for him. Praise God. God changed his life. Praise God. And God used him to turn the world upside down. Don't undermine, underestimate the power of the prayer of the saints proclaiming the scriptures. Praise God. How is it that we can our eyes can be open. The people that we minister, their eyes be open. And you can turn them around when you proclaim the scripture. Scripture has what? It has power. Tell your neighbor, scripture has power. Praise God. When you are down and under. What's down and under, guys? When you are depressed. When you feel discouraged. Anybody here has been ever been discouraged? Feeling depressed, let down. Praise God. When you feel you're down and under. Praise God. And you don't have to go to Australia to be down and under. You could be seated here and you could be down and under. But if you're feeling down and under, I want to tell you, proclaim the scripture. Tell yourself, oh, 
oh my soul why are you downcast speak to yourself go to the mirror look into the mirror and say oh my soul why are you downcast why are you disturbed put your hope put your trust in the lord when the pastor doesn't show up when the elder doesn't show up when the deacon doesn't show up when the brother doesn't show up praise god look into the mirror and say oh my soul why are you downcast why are you disturbed praise god put your hope in god praise god when you're complaining read that verse it says give thanks in everything give thanks praise god for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you praise god when you're upset praise god proclaim that scripture all things work together unto good you don't say all things work together unto good when everything is working good but when nothing is working out for you you say all things work unto good to them that love god to those who are called according to his purpose when you are broke busted and disgusted when you put your hands into your into your pocket into your wallet into your pocket book when you try to look into the atm machine and nothing shows up it's empty that's when you say my god shall supply all of my needs according to the riches in glory praise god when you are afraid and lonely praise god say praise god the lord is my light and my salvation praise god yes when you are ready to falter and you feel that you can go one step without falling down you look into the scripture and you say praise god god is able to keep me from falling god is able to keep me from falling god is able to keep me from falling and present me before his presence with exceedingly great joy in other words god is saying i can not only stabilize you i can do something for you when you are slipping and when you are going to fall i will come and i will stabilize you not only that i will impart something into you the exceedingly great joy that is only available praise god hallelujah from the lord running out of drive this morning no more energy to go forward no more motivation to go forward proclaim the scripture he who has begun a good work in me praise god ennil nalla pravarthi aarambichavan aarambikkaga mathramalla oro dosom ninne vali nadathi ettikendirthe ettikkuvan avan shaktanana he is not only a god who initiates he is also a god who is able to consummate or able to make you reach that destiny that god has for you praise god don't look at your environment don't look where you are but tell him lord you started a work in me and i'm going to believe you to do that work in me and complete it praise god hallelujah yes praise god forgiveness of sin and inheritance 
through Jesus Christ. I'm going to run, brothers. Praise God. I wish I had some more time, but let me conclude here. God wants every one of us to experience the forgiveness of sin. Not only just the forgiveness of sin, there is an inheritance that God has for us. God has an inheritance for all of his saints. It is accessible. Praise God. It is accessible. When you go to the ATM machine, you need to have your ATM card to access the cash that's in your account. If you have to access the inheritance that God has for you, you can access it with your faith card. Praise God. You might have your credit card in your pocket. You might have your debit card in your pocket. You might have your any card, your, your any, any one of your cards in your pocket. Let me ask you, do you have your faith card? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, praise God. Hallelujah. God wants us to be people of vision. Praise God. We want to be in God's plan. What does that mean? That means not everybody's doing the same thing. The setting might differ. You might be doing it here, you might be doing it here. The setting might differ. The scope might be different, meaning some do it in a small scale, some do it in a large scale. But God decides what the setting is, what the scope is. Whatever it is, we cooperate with the vision that God has for us. Praise God. Don't look at the settings around you and be discouraged. Praise God. But trust in God to carry you through. When Robert Fulton initiated, started his steamboat, and he wanted to put that into motion, there was a huge crowd that gathered around him. They looked at the steamboat and started, the crowd started chanting, never Never, never, it will move. Praise God. Hallelujah. Never, 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 it would ever move. Praise God. They said it will never start, never start, never start. Robert Fulton did not give up. Praise God. One day, his steamboat started chugging off. And it started moving. And you know what the same crowd said? It will never, never, never stop. It will not stop. It will not stop. It will not stop. Praise God. When God initiates something in you. When God initiates something in me. When God initiates something in us. The world will say it will never Never, never start. Praise God. But if it is initiated by the sovereign will of God, it will be propelled by the power of God. The same people will have a different chant. This time, their chant will be, it will never, never, never stop. Praise God. God wants to do something in you. And something through you. When that's working, the people will look at you. The skeptics will look at you. The critics will look at you and say your vision is not going to take off. Your vision is not going to move. They're going to say it's never, never, never going to start. But God is going to use the same voice to say it will never, never, never 
All eyes closed. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, my Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that we will not give up. Praise God. Yes, challenges will come. Critics will come. Skeptics will come. But we will be people who will trust in God and his promise. We'll proclaim the scripture. We'll tap into the prayer of the saints. We'll tap into the power of the spirit of God. And we'll move on. In Jesus' name. Amen.